We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome, everybody. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Jonathan Shippy Shipman, and Kevin K.T. Turner, the pride and joy of Olney, Texas. All hands on deck in studio today for a studio version presentation of the Ben and Skin Show. Yeah. Thursday, we'll be at Pluckers in Addison, uh, and we would love for you to join us out there. And then Friday, we're going to be Eagles in Nest. Arizona. Yeah. Where, where are we? <laughs> it's right on the edge of Mansfield in Arizona. Yeah. At the Eagles Nest. The Eagles Nest. Fort Worth, uh, sir. Uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. But oh, it's I'm beyond sorry. It's beyond Fort Worth. It's out by Eagle Mountain Lake. I guess it's on the other side of Fort Worth. I do a really poor job of properly articulating the nuances of the 817. Yep. I love the 817. Downtown Fort Worth absolutely destroys downtown Dallas. But I don't know my way around there well enough to tell you the exact places where these spots are. Well, Boat, Boat Club Road is where it's at. Yep. Boats and Hose Road. I'm going to take my drink down to Boat, Bold Boat Road. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, right. uh, come down and have some cocktails with us uh, at, uh, at the Eagle's Nest on Friday, at Pluckers in Addison on Thursday. But today and tomorrow we are in studio and have some fun shows planned for you. Uh, we're going to get into a, a bizarre accident that ended up leading to the death of a minor minor league baseball player. That's at 1120. We'll get back into the Charles Robinson audio from Sean and RJ, Jerry Jones from Sean and RJ. But we should start the presentation today turning our attention to the contract extension signed by Lyle Collins. It appears to be, what, five years, $50 million, $35 million guaranteed. Another example, uh, much like Jalen Smith, of a player showing the initiative to get up in front of the big three, Dak, Zeke, and Amari, before they get their massive deals done, saying, hey, hey, Jones boys, I want to be here. I want to be a Dallas Cowboy. I'm willing to sign a long-term deal. I'm willing to sign a deal that might even be a little more team-friendly than I could get on the open market because I want to be a Dallas Cowboy. And Jerry and Steven are are very much saying, you don't say. Well, how about that? I wonder if these other guys would like to watch you come in here and sign this contract because you're making a smart move. Definitely eye daggers going back towards the other three as their contract negotiations have stalled out, at least for the time being, as another cowboy bumps up in front of the line and cuts and gets a deal done. Yeah, and this is one that I thought, no way he's coming back. In fact, they drafted his replacement He's gone. Uh, they'll get a good year out of him, and then the time to move on and restructure. But it's it's a really good deal for the team. I think it's a good deal for Lyle too. I mean, you know, getting thirty five million guaranteed out of it, and really out of the first three years is where all that guarantee is going to go. If they end up having to cut him in three years mm-hmm. or even two years and eating some dead money uh, because they do need to move on away from the offensive line, he'll still be young enough to go get a big deal out there somewhere. So. It's a good deal for both sides, but it's a really good deal for the Cowboys. And the way that you know is there's no way the Cowboys were going to sign Lyle Collins unless it wasn't a great deal for them. They had to get a good deal because there's so many other players to sign. And he was one of the three names that we speculated of guys in the final year of their deal that wouldn't be Cowboys next year. Lyle Collins, Malik Collins, and 
and of course Byron Jones being those three guys. But that offensive line will stay together for at least two more years in its current structure. Yeah, and if you look at it, uh, how the contracts are signed, uh, you've got Tyron through 2023 for sure, Connor through 2022, Travis through 2023 for sure, maybe 24 on both him and Tyron. Uh, 2025 for Zach Martin and now Lyle through 2024. Um, but it has raised some questions with Connor McGovern now off in the wings eventually. Saw a lot of this going around on the internet. Hey, Cowboys could part ways with Tyron and save $40 million, you know, next year if they – and I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, it's the reality of the business, but, God, that sucks for Tyron. And Tyron got criticized wildly for signing way too team-friendly of a deal – and now there's even just speculation that, okay, well, the minute they can get out of that deal, they will. For a guy who's arguably their best player still, most people at DallasCowboys.com thought he had the best camp of any player on the team and is playing and doing all of this through back issues. And the first chance, it's just the reality of the business, the first chance the Cowboys get to bail on that, they will. And I would I would argue against that. I saw that out on the internet too, Ben. I would argue against that. To me, when I look at his contract, the year that you would part ways with him is after 2021 because he's going to make 10 this year. He's going to make 10 next year and then 10 and a half in 2021. Then his contract jumps up $3 million and there's no dead money at that point. So I would suspect barring massive injury. I mean, the way that he's been dealing with injuries the last couple of years, I think they'll keep him through 2021. And then that's when they would really have a tough decision to make about one of the best players in the NFL if his health is holding up. But there's no guaranteed money once they reach the final two years of his deal and his contract goes up. And this is where health comes into play for every single one of these guys, to be honest, because Travis's deal has a, you know, if you look at that and the dead money on that and the cap savings you can have on that three years down the road. I'm talking extremely big picture right here. Mm -hmm. But I think people immediately go, well, that's weird because the Connor McGovern draft pick, and we all just assumed Lyle Collins would be pushed out. You start to look at any type of it. Maybe I'm I jinxed it last year, but I talked about the freakish health this offensive line had had right. over the years, right. and then the Travis thing happened. But they that still stands. This offensive line does have freakish health and has. Now you get worried about the couple back things from Tyron and the Zach Martin thing that comes into play. But in terms of missing games, really good this offensive line, and you're going to keep that together. And if anything does go wrong years down the line. You're able to get out of some of those deals, save a bunch of money against the cap, and that's why I think this Lyle Collins deal kind of makes sense. I also think this is exactly what Stephen Jones wanted. He said the whole time, throughout all of this, and it all feel, it's all kind of ran together because this contract stuff we've been talking about for months, he said, I'm open for business. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in and let's do work. And Jalen and Lyle Collins came on in and did work, and they will benefit from it. I don't know if you guys are seeing the Clear Eye View sunglasses ads that were on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. A day, a week after the Jalen deal was done, he's in a Reliant Energy commercial. Yep. A real bad commercial where he's kind of hey. fake jogging. Yeah, it's, it was very strange. He was kind of fake jogging. It's kind of funny. In a full though. uniform through a grocery store. You see all that stuff start to come together. And Lyle also, it does, like, I think sometimes we may overlook, and we talked about loyalty in sports, but there is something special about the Lyle Collins story for how bad it was and how far he had slipped in the draft to where he was undrafted. And we had Travis Frederick in studio with us the day that he got a phone call from Jason Garrett and saying, hey, we're having a meeting tonight at Jerry's house. And I believe it was a Tyron oh, was there. Oh, Zach was there. 
not if I have my timeline right, I think it was Dak. It wasn't Romo yet, I don't think. Whatever year that was, and it's all kind of running together. It's running together. I don't think Dak was there. Uh, and maybe maybe not. No, uh, because Lyle was here before Dak was. Yeah, well, I was here before, before Dak was, so it was Romo. Uh, Jerry, Jason, they all have the big meeting in which they said, Hey, Lyle, we want you to be a Dallas Cowboy. And Lyle made a lot of money that night. And he's making a lot of money now just because there is a little bit of loyalty. So all that stuff does kind of go out the window for the most part. But this is a rare case of a guy who might be going, man, I owe a lot to this franchise and I'm going to continue to work hard for them. And they're going to take care of me and I'm going to help them out. And that's where I think the big interesting thing is Zeke probably happens tonight, might happen tomorrow, whatever. That probably happens unless something crazy goes down. Does Dak come in and get done? And does Lyle have anything to do with that? Because those dudes are real tight. Yeah, I those deals should get done. I mean, I, Dak's going to just waste all this money? I mean, what is he playing at, $900,000? It's two based on different aspects of the contract, but he's going to end up making $2 million. So $2 million, where he could be making thirty, right? Uh, at least, maybe thirty-five. Zeke's... I mean, why would Zeke miss? I mean, he, he, you, his agent has taken this as far as it can go. I don't think there's any doubt. Whatever deal is there, there's no meat left on that bone mm-hmm. at that point. I do want to say this about Tyron, though. I want to go back to this because I think people are quick to exaggerate the demise of Tyron Smith, and it, it stuns me. People are, oh, I, I think he has a back issue, right? Okay, he must be a shell of his former self. Not so much. Uh, this is Tyron Smith from Pro Football Focus last year. They say that he graded out as the sixth best left tackle uh, overall mm-hmm. in the game. Um, and, and, but as great players do, they point out he raised his game in clutch time and he finished those plays with his grade was even significantly higher with the game on the line as the game went down the stretch. They said his run blocking grade led all tackles wow. in the game. Okay, so he was the best run run blocking tackle. So you're like, okay, Mo, he must have got, if he's only the sixth best uh, tackle overall he must have given up some sacks no there, he allowed no sacks he allowed no hits no quarterback hits not one of guys not one guy that he was in charge of blocking got a hit on a quarterback even after he released the ball nothing on 156 pass blocking snaps and that's a year where Dak got sacked a ton so it's clear that he he ain't the problem that's why I think you know, barring some sort of massive injury. I mean, we know he's dealing with a troublesome back, but it's not a massive injury yet. That's why I think he plays at least three more years here. If you look at the money and you look at the salary cap going up, and it will go up because revenue is going up, ten million dollars a year for the next three years, if he holds up, is a no-brainer. Their decision is going to have to come in twenty twenty-one, and that's why I think it's real interesting the report that Lyell first two years are guaranteed. You look at Zach's deal, you look at Travis's deal, and then you look at do we re-sign Connor McGovern at that point? Do we re- do we look to do a deal with Connor Williams at that point? If you look at it, I believe that the Cowboys, the way they've paid this offensive line, they see this as we need to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, and then we really need to make decisions about the next direction of our team. They've got that thing locked together for certain for two more years, and then there's decisions that are going to have to be made. And you keep adding to it. Yeah, you always keep adding offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Always keep doing that, and they'll have the chance to do that. You might not have to sign Connor Williams. You may not have to sign Connor McGovern. Right. You may not have to do that stuff. So, but like the the final three years of Tra- uh, of Travis's deal and Tyron's deal make it very easy if something is not right with them. 
to move it on you down the road. Jerk! What a jerk! You're trying yeah. to get rid of them. Um, by wow. the way, save th- a lot of money by doing that. Those guys have created this culture, and, and the offensive line is the identity of their whole team, as Skin has pointed out time and time again. And you know they have a culture as well. And it's like guys come in. Connor Williams didn't immediately fit into that culture. Lyle Collins didn't immediately fit into that culture, but they grew and evolved within that system and sometimes play you know those guys sheriff their own positions and so Looney is the same way I mean you know we hear stories about Looney was the guy that was always asking questions working his tail off and if you're not willing to match those big three the Cowboys big three offensive linemen with their work effort uh and and the way they approach the game then you you're on the outside looking in of that group and so as they continue to like I imagine Connor McGovern will go through that Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he'll put on weight. He'll work as hard as he can in the weight room. I mean, if you look at it, when when Connor Williams got here, the first thing we saw was Bach jumps and mm-hmm. hey, look, I'm on social media showing my workout. Right. That ain't exactly how this line rolls. Mm-hmm. They don't care about their Madden ratings. Right. It's so fun to make fun of them but for not knowing their Madden ratings. And because but it, I mean, it's a compliment to them, but yeah. it's like they have no they don't care about that type of stuff. So uh, I just it, they seem like they got an extra one now, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it never hurts to have extra ones, but. I, that's why I didn't expect Lyle to sign. You've already got Connor McGovern. It was a steal to get him. Right. So now what? Well, here's what. What th- what this does is if you look at the window and you look where the guaranteed money is, it means that they don't have to make any decisions on Connor Williams or Connor McGovern for another couple of years. And if those guys grow the way they think they will, then they can walk away from these other deals. They're ba- they've basically refortified the bridge on their offensive line. They know they're going to be good. I think the really interesting angle on all of this, and we can get into this later in the show, because coming up next we'll get into some of these Jerry cuts from this morning, is KT pointing out Dak and Lyle being buddies. Because if you look at the Mike Florio report of the weekend, it's speculation, and it is, but he's basing it on NFL scuttlebutt, where people around the league, one NFL executive said, Dak walking away from what the Cowboys are offering to take $2 million this year should be looked at as malpractice should be looked at as malpractice because it is so illogical. And so if you look at it, none of us on this station thought we would be talking about a Lyle Collins deal this weekend. I think it's super interesting to KT's point that one of Dak's best friends does a team-friendly deal after the weekend where everybody speculates that Dak is ready to sign. We'll get into this later in the show, but coming up next, Jerry Jones was on with the morning show. It was gold, and we'll get into it right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Jerry Jones was on with Sean and RJ this morning. Good stuff as always on the heels of the news that Lyle Collins is going to sign long term. Jerry did talk about that, but let's get to the Zeke aspect of this right off the top, boys. Shippy, this is clip number 32, and they're asking him, are you guys preparing to play the Giants without Zekel? Well, it's Tuesday, and obviously uh, on Tuesday, uh, you better be preparing uh, with the people that you've got available to you for Sunday. And so uh, we're working with the people that we have out here now and the ones that we have that we know are going to be on the field, and that's how we're preparing. Uh, it will be great 
will be and would be great if uh, uh, before uh, a short period of time passes that uh, Zeke would be in that group. But we'll see how uh, today goes. We'll see how tomorrow goes. And we'll see how the ensuing hours uh, pan out. Man, I really feel like the Cowboys have played hardball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like they've drawn a line in the sand and, and they are looking at the overall payroll picture and they haven't given in. And to listen to Charles Robinson, we'll get into some of his audio come up later. He was great on Sean and RJ detailing how things went. It certainly seems like things were moving in the direction of getting a deal done this weekend. And then Zeke's camp went dark and they just didn't respond for a long time. And then when they did respond, they responded with something that was viewed as being over the top and like a step backwards. Like, wait a second, you're getting back into some things that we've already moved beyond. Yeah. So I I think it's, Look, it was personal from the moment Zeke didn't show up. With the history he and Jerry have, Jerry was shocked that Zeke wasn't there. I think it's been an ugly negotiation. I just wonder, I feel like it's imminent, it's going to happen, but is it going to be one of those deals where there's going to be a hangover? There's going to be negativity on both sides lingering because neither side is really going to win. Okay, I think that's a fair assessment, Ben. I would say once the money is... You know, hey, here's the check. Here's your guaranteed money or at least a portion of your signing bonus or however they work that out. I think those things tend to go away rather quickly. The one thing that's interesting to me, and KT, I'll let you articulate your theory on why he could be available and here tomorrow and all those sorts of things. But we've talked about this a lot, and this is the idea that the egos are so big here, both sides are concerned with who quote-unquote won the deal. And I wonder if all right, we have a framework for a deal. We're good to go. And then that side that went dark was going, well, wait a minute. Is this going to look like we won this deal or not? And then they come back with something that, you know, is going to be publicly reported to go, ah, man, Zeke really had his cake and ate it too. And then, you know, and that's where you go, all right, you're being unreasonable. We're not talking today. We'll get into those those things a little bit later, but your whole idea is as to why Zeke could be playing on Sunday. Well, yeah, so last night at the Miller Lite Cowboy Hour with Malik Collins and Antoine Woods, and we were talking about the schedule change. And I I, I kind of knew this because there's no Jason Garrett press conference today, mm-hmm. but Malik and Antoine were basically saying, well, every other team kind of does it different than we have in the past, and this year we're doing it different, where we have Mondays where we come in and Tuesdays we have off. A lot, of, That's how most NFL teams do it. Over the past few years, the Cowboys have had Mondays off Come in on Tuesday, start getting ready for the next week's opponent. So now that that's changed, the scheduling kind of works out for a deal to be done tonight. If Zeke and Rocky are coming tonight, Rocky is agent, uh, coming tonight. And that's being reported, I think. being reported by multiple sources. I got a text this morning from the guy guy. who told me about the Cabo thing from training camp. And he goes, oh yeah, they should be in about 5.30 tonight. So Let's meet him at the airport. Congrats on having a That's from my guy, but... I would say this. If you're out there and you're in a fantasy league and the guy who has Zeke is nervous about it, I would call him and say, God, I just heard on the fan, Zeke's probably going to miss the first eight games, and then trade for him. <laughs> yes. Because I think think we all agree, as crazy as this thing has been, Zeke's here week one, right? He's uh, there against the Giants. I think he's there against the Giants, and I think this is a good place to go to this next audio clip. Uh, as we can debate this, it's the next one, Shippy, number four there, number clip number 33. What could the workload look like for Zeke if he returns late in the week? I don't want to get that far ahead of it, but uh, uh, I know him to be, uh, uh, just knowing him, uh, but would know him to be in great shape for any type of workload. 
He should be fresh. He should be fresh for any type workload. But I don't know. You guys may think differently. I think if they sign tonight and he is there tomorrow, I bet he does not have, and it's situational, but I bet he doesn't have more than 15 or 16 carries on Sunday because I don't think they're just going to immediately. One, I think they want to use Pollard some and try some different things, but I don't think, I think it would be risky to just go, all right, Zeke is back, let's go. I think it'd be real risky. And the whole point is you need Zeke, and he's acknowledged this, uh, Jerry has acknowledged this, you need Zeke for the stretch. This first three games, you could probably win all three or two out of three without Zeke. So the last thing you want to do is all of a sudden he's back. Let's give him 25 carries and and risk him getting injured. I think you bring him along slowly. In fact, I, if you signed him, I don't even know if you'd start him. And then that's kind of part of like now getting back in with the team and with the system. Now you have coaches, you have your training staff, you have everyone there to look at him and go, okay, should he even play this week? Maybe we should wait. You know, they they can they'll all take that into account mm-hmm. by getting because he's going to have a physical. If this deal is done and finalized, he's going to have to take a physical and do all the things that go along with that. So yeah. that's where you add in coaches and training staff, and that's where you get a better opinion on should he play. But I think if things do get done tonight, like it or, or, or tomorrow morning early, like it kind of feels like mm-hmm. things are, are moving that way, then I think he probably practices tomorrow. And I think he probably plays on Sunday unless they go, no, we don't need you. Hey, we don't need you just yet. It's their decision. Jerry hinted at this when we had him on on Friday, but one of the things that's really badass about working Zeke in, I don't want to use the word slowly, but at a different pace than you normally would had he been here all camp, is I really think whatever the Cowboys put on tape the first couple, two or three weeks is worthless to other teams. This thing is going to be evolving so much. The way that they use him is going to be evolving so much. Um, <laughs> Real quick, I just got an email from bookmaker.eu. <laughs> oh, that's but a good it, one. But the title of the mail. email says, Odds on Zeke playing in week one. What are they? Okay, so yesterday he was a 2-1 to one underdog to suit up for week one, and now they've moved the line to a coin toss. Okay, so it's clear those guys are getting on that damn plane. Or is this computer hearing what we're talking about? Right. No, it's just Instagram that does that. Um, Okay, but this is the clip that everyone enjoyed according to uh, social media. And uh, we'll just let the whole thing uh, go here. It's a Jerry response to a Sean question about messing around in week one and could that happen? Jerry, I want to read you like a fan sentiment. That's a common theme. You've heard it driving around listening to the station uh, we can't mess around with the opening of this schedule. We got a championship roster, uh, and our window is right now, so let's stop haggling over a few million dollars and get our best player back in here so we don't mess up home field advantage or a 3-0 and or 2-1 and start to the season. That's a common fan thought. What's your response to that? I ain't messing around. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I okay. think it's uh it gets back okay. to like Sean had a really good line in our mix that was a walk off. But if you have a walk off, you just flip the bat and walk off. Yeah. You and so Jerry should I think Jerry should have gone with more dramatic pause and not that's said it. that's it. Because I think I think he should just sat that out. I think it would have had more of an impact. Right. Let's hear it again cuz if if you just think if Jerry doesn't come back you go, Jerry cuz Jerry's going Sean that's it. I he don't understand. Being, he was being really nice to those guys by talking. He yeah, just he sat there and finished his eggs. He did them a favor. Listen. Jerry, I want to read you like a fan sentiment. That's a common theme. You've heard it driving around listening to the station. 
Uh, we can't mess around with the opening of this schedule. We got a championship roster, uh, and our window is right now. So let's stop haggling over a few million dollars and get our best player back in here, so we don't mess up home field advantage or a three and zero or two and one start to the season. That's a common fan thought. What's your response to that? I ain't messing around. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. All right, so I'm just guessing. Maybe we can do the math on this later. I think that that's a 22-second question for a three-second response, a four-second pause, a two-second rebuttal, three more seconds of pause, and then an okay punctuator. 25-second question. Okay. Now let me ask this real ah! quick. And then there's six seconds between the end of the question and Sean saying, okay. Oh, that's After great. Jerry says, that's it. And there's still a little bit of silence. Before Sean says, okay, Two Can seconds. you kind of hear RJ kind of uh, like voice cracks into the mic like he was about to say something? I want to hear this. I mean, it's very yeah. hard to hear, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. You oh, hear his, yeah. you hear yeah. his nose go. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going. Hmm. It sounded like that. They kind you... of sounded like the Hagee. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, can we take that to the lab and blow it up and really <laughs> go listen to it louder at a later date? Uh, no, that's Hagee. Um, okay, so let's uh, now let's get to the Lyle Collins stuff because that's the big story of the day. Um, for starters, uh, Jerry, it's clip number 30, Shippy, talking about what this really puts Lyle in position to do with the Cowboys. He's the enforcer, uh, as uh, uh, Columbo so uh, lovingly refers to him <laughs> on the offensive line. He's got the attitude. He's got the... Uh, kind of thing. I call it the Eric Williams attitude or Columbo attitude uh, for our offensive line. So it's good to get him uh, uh, agreed to for the long term. Certainly think he'll, uh, wouldn't be surprised at all, think he will finish his career as a Dallas Cowboy. How about that? God, they love him. They love him. And and I, I keep going back to what KT said, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, when we talk about the clicks of the team and the way the guys <laughs> hang out with each other and different people. Uh, it is interesting that Dak goes just fishing, just him and Collins doing the Louisiana guy routine. And really we've talked a lot too about how right tackles have become the guy that have to deal with oftentimes some of the best, the other team's best pass rushers. And so if Dak clearly feels a comfort level with Collins, that's good security for your quarterback. John Machota of The Athletic had a tweet about 20 minutes ago. I want to read this to you guys. A funny moment in the locker room in May. Dak was talking to reporters about how several guys were just like him heading into the final year of their deals. He yelled over to ask Lyle Collins. Collins comes over and jokes, it's going to be my last year here if you take all the money. Oh, 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 oh. we're joking. We're having fun. Are we? We are. And we're we having are. fun. Of course we are. Little bit of reality and all the best humor. Yep. Yeah. All the best humor is rooted it, in it's reality. It's funny because it's true. It's is funny because it's say. true is what Homer Simpson likes to say. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get back into this stuff later. We got a really good segment coming up next. Uh, A-Rod's perspective on sports is beyond bizarre. (laughs) And this was, these actually were the two craziest things you missed from the college football weekend. We'll get into that next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We got Zeke and his agent heading back to Dallas from Cabo. Is a deal imminent? Well, certainly feels like it is, but we shall see. Jerry Jones on the station earlier. You never want to miss that when that happens. Uh, And we'll get back into uh, some of that audio uh, momentarily. 
But before we do, uh, man, we should probably turn our attention to an awesome college football weekend. You got A&M, Clemson, and UTLSU, both going to be just exceptional early heavyweight matchups. Yeah, LSU looked really, really good last week, and that game is actually in Austin, but Clemson is favored, or I'm sorry, LSU is favored. The line today, unless it's changed, is at three and a half. A&M has to go to Clemson, opened at 20-point dogs. Now they're 17-and-a-half-point dogs. So if one of the Texas teams is is going to pull the upset, and I, I think it's early in the season. Don't look at rankings, but I do think LSU is better than Texas. If Texas Texas has the better chance to pull off that upset with that game being at home. I'm worried about Texas, though, and I think they've had a lot of injuries at the running back position. Yeah. Uh, that freshman stud they had, that's like a five-star running back. I think he's out for six weeks. He's having to have surgery, but... I think I read an article this morning that they were having guys switch positions. They had like linebackers turning into running backs and oh, wow. stuff like that because they're so short-handed oh. at the position, which could be, which could be a problem. Uh, but uh, in, who do you think has a better year, UT or A and M? UT, just for the simple fact that A and M has to play on the S. Look at A and M's first six weeks, dude. The schedule is so tough for for A and M, but A and M last year in, <clears throat> in week one against Clemson uh, nearly upset them. It was 28-26. They lost by two points. Kellen Mond, they played Texas State last week, so you can't really take But if Kellen Mond has a really great year and proves to be you know, a really worthy player, then you start talking about, okay, well, they've got a chance to really get some upsets. I mean, A&M going 9-3 and is going to be more impressive than Texas going 11-1. And I think I think that's a realistic thing that you know we need to talk about. A&M has to beat... Auburn, Clemson, and Alabama in the first six weeks to get off to a good start. They played Georgia too and LSU. I mean, dude, it's just but the, well, the Texas SEC plays is LSU. A and M is going to get their shot at LSU down the road as well. Yep, yep. So it kind of all come together a little bit. Trevor Lawrence looked very pedestrian against Georgia Tech last week. Um, couple interceptions didn't look great. So I'm I'm really excited. That's going to be the afternoon game, and then the night game will be Texas and LSU. Now, can we go to Division One real quick, though, guys? Yeah, I mean Division Two. I'm sorry. Oh, Division we always two. want to do that this early on a Tuesday. Division Two. So there was a, a game between Bethune. Is it Bethune? Bethune Cookman. Cookman and Jackson State. And Jackson State is uh, going to, going to throw the deep ball here. And this game, I, I, mean, I actually saw this game was on and watch any of it, but I, I, I had an opportunity to watch this live and I missed it. That's the real story that some Division Two football was on somewhere. Yeah, Jackson State throws the bombski. Okay, looking for a thirty-two yard touchdown pass. Wide receiver makes the catch, diving catch back of the end zone. He appears to catch it, and their tiger mascot runs on the field. Well, in the midst of all that, did he catch it? The ball kind of pops out for a minute, so no one really knows. And there's a bit of a scrum for the football between both teams, about six guys on each team. And in the mix is a tiger, just <laughs> a tiger mascot, just kind of waltzes in. And it's kind of, at one point, kind of gets on his hands and knees and is trying to pull players off the pile. It looks like a player. It's the behavior <laughs> it's so of a funny. player, but it's in a tiger costume. And that tiger costume, Ben, to me, it looked a lot like the updating of the Chester Cheetah mascot yeah. for Cheetos. I mean, yeah. it's a silly looking tiger. Yeah. Uh, I've always said the Tiger Woods sex scandal is my number one sports story of all time. Uh-huh. Guys, I'd like to introduce you to my number two sports story wow. of all time. Wow. That's the great. tiger on the field. And here's the audio of the play-by-play guy uh, doing the game live. And this was live, man. This is what it was sounded yep. like. 
And in the shotgun is the quarterback. Play action. Good drive so far. Does it get better? Yes, it does. Leaping grab for a touchdown. And oh, God, here comes the mascot again. They pay this f- kid $11 an hour. He's the biggest alcoholic at the school. He dresses up in a lion suit. And then he gets charged for a 15 yard penalty. They got to find a way to control him. Anyways, they're fighting for the ball. It looks like the touchdown's going to stand. But the mascot obviously just affected the team pretty bad. But he doesn't give a f. He's still hammered from the night before. <laughs> they showed that mascot dancing after he got uh, drew a penalty and the dancing afterwards by the mascot was the biggest just crotch thrusting cocky arrogant ever definitely the number one ranked mascot on the planet today it's so it was funny a, it was aggressively sexual that yes. style of dancing he was doing oh after god. getting penalized <laughs> it's so funny too and the refs are going oh my god am i really calling a flag on a mascot it's such a strange thing to do now, this is not big-time college football. Before we get to the crazy A-Rod stuff, we go to Liberty, okay? Which sounds weird, man, but we're just getting greased up for the big games this weekend. So Hugh Freeze was the former coach at Ole Miss. He then uh, had a lot of, uh, I mean, basically, they had so many scholarships taken away because of his illegal recruiting. But he got a staff affection a couple weeks ago that but turned out to be life-threatening, a serious deal. Did you say where he is now? He's at Liberty. He's at Liberty. He's at Liberty. Yeah. Staff He's infection li- in his back. And he, so basically, he uh, a couple days before the game, he tells his wife, hey, I'm feeling kind of better. I'm, starting to, I'm not having these spasms. I think I'm going to give it a go on Saturday. And she's like, Hugh, don't do it. You know. <laughs> so they, they uh, wheel him in to the stadium. In a wheelchair, and they get a hospital bed, and they put a hospital bed in this empty booth because it's at Liberty. This empty <laughs> radio, this radio press box booth, and he's in a hospital bed, and he can see his coaches in the press box, and he can see down on the field, and he's on a headset. He coaches the game as the head coach of the team in a press box. <laughs> And it's so funny because there's some there's some footage like on the field and you look up and you just see the coach looking down, but he's three stories he's up in the sky, laying down. So stupid. He's 49 years old, but nearly died because of the staff infection. But there he was. He coached the game from the hospital bed. I've never seen anything like that. They just an ambulance. They just pushed his hospital bed up against the glass so he could see, and he's just laying down, coaching with a headset on. But it's really not that different than like a game of Madden. And how much more intense is it at Liberty than it is a game of Madden? I think I, you're right. I think the biggest struggle was them figuring out a way to get a hospital bed inside the press box way up <laughs> high. He wanted it with a broken leg. The biggest struggle was after the game, the media held the post-game press conference up in that booth around his hospital bed. Oh, oh I thought God. they sent an image down. No, they, they went, all up. went up there. They all went up there. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Did we pull the audio of this? No. There was audio of his press conference, and he's laying in bed holding a bottle of Miller Lite, laying down. <laughs> so I saw it like when I saw it, it was on this like little TV screen. So I don't know if they, you know, showed it out or whatever. But he's laying down, holding a bottle of Miller Lite, talking about how difficult, oh, yeah. talking about how difficult it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of kind of difficult, kind of unusual to have to do this, but we persevered. And he's taking a swig off his domestic light beer. The football coach in general. Hey, sometimes priority straight, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, worry about your health. 
those guys give it a run. No matter what, those guys are going to give it a go. Those guys wake up any challenge and go, you know what? It's a challenge. Let's go. The mindset of the football coach is amazing to me because I would just say, you know what? I'm probably not going to make this game. My back hurts. (laughs) Uh, guys, uh, the craziest story involving A-Rod, well, I guess when I, when I say the craziest stories involving A-Rod, a lot of things come to mind. Mm-hmm. I think about the uh, the artwork he has in, in his house of himself, mm-hmm. which is very odd. Mm-hmm. There was Yeah, there, he's a centaur, and he's just flexing and lifting weights and looking at himself in a mirror. Uh, then there was the case of one of his neighbors uh, took a picture of him taking a dump. There was nothing in his bathroom <laughs> protecting him. And, yeah, it was like a poop extortion, <laughs> and he was wearing a full suit on the toilet in his house. He put on a suit and then took a dump. <laughs> so, I mean, there's been some weird stories. Another weird one was when he was in San Francisco calling a game for ESPN, Giants-Phillies, and he, he had parked his car a few blocks from Oracle Park. Somebody broke into his SUV and made off with a camera, laptop, jewelry, and a bag full of stuff. There was $500,000 of stuff in his car. How does I, So this is what's really confusing to me. Because it makes me think that he has a place in San Francisco and was just staying there and then took his own car to the game. Because normally, you wouldn't have all that. Like, if you if a, if a broadcast flies you to a city, like, that'd be like Tony Romo flying to do go to a Colts game and then he gets an SUV and puts all of his valuables in an SUV and parks it out on the street by Lucas right. Field. Like, you wouldn't do that. It's a, it's a, there's a ton of break-ins there. And there's a ton of, like, parking lot violence. It's just, it's a bad scene. You wouldn't leave, like, your, your radar detector... Right. Or, or, you know, an iPad or anything in your car. He left $500,000 worth of stuff. God Why, almighty. Who carries $500,000 worth of stuff around with <laughs> him? Think crazy, about that. Crazy rich people. And think about the guy who breaks into that car. He's like, oh, sweet. I got a, there's a nice bag in here. What? It's a bag of jewels? <laughs> why, why is he? He's not even a jeweler. Why is he carrying around $500,000 of diamonds? Why are there all these pictures of A-Rod in this bag? Well, A-Rod may have topped it all with a very bizarre theory that he shared on Sunday Night Baseball. Now, uh, this was uh, the other night. This one was uh, Phillies and Mets. He's in the booth, and there was a leadoff double from Phillies outfielder Adam Hassley. Uh, Jay Bruce came in to pinch hit for the pitcher, and that's when A-Rod suggested that Bruce lay down a bunt to move Hasley over to third in order to maximize the odds of increasing Philly's lead to 3-1. to one. Now, obviously, hey, let's just make the lead one run bigger. I mean, there's, I want to get, I'm going to play this audio for you. Uh, the world is reacting to this. Check this out. Here's A-Rod with some bizarre math. I, I just love the bunt here. I love getting him over to third base, making the okay. game 3-1. to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> Listen to the silence. So, so he is saying that he's basically saying that a three-run lead is somehow less attractive than a two-run lead. Like, because right. it's an odd number. Right. So I've thought a lot about this, Ben, because we play a lot of funny audio from broadcasts on the show from time to time, and and there's a lot of misspeaks. And generally, you know what the guy might be saying, like a broadcaster. Keep it simple. A broadcaster might say, "You really want to put your throat on their neck here," and you go, "Well, he misspoke. I know what he meant." Or he wants to pull a rabbit out of his head. Put their throat on the neck, and, and you go, "Well, 
He misspoke, but I know what he meant. <laughs> he pulls another rabbit out of his head. I've thought so much about this, and I really have no idea what he means. Like, <laughs> I understand the first part of it. Yes, a two-run lead is better than right. a one-run lead. Yep. Right? I get that. But the idea that you really want to get that one run because then a grand slam can't beat you, that's where we start going into an area where we're like, dude, I have no idea what he meant to right. say at all. Keep it simple, man. None. He's saying, hey, this three-run lead, this sucks. We could get beat by a grand slam. <laughs> Is, is there any way that they could score another run and then we're up by two? And then it's not that big of a deal. If we get beat by a grand slam, we're beat by two runs, and then it's not as heartbreaking. I mean, this makes no sense. And whoever he's calling with the game is just baffled because listen to the silence, and that's when A-Rod has to come out and say, hey, man, you just keep it simple. <laughs> listen. I just love the bunt here. I love getting them over to third base, making the game three to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. What? Keep it simple. What? Okay. How's a grand slam here, not beat there's you? There's a lot the, here, man. Well, hold on, though. Here's the genius of the keep it simple. By the, the counting numbers, the, maybe. The genius of it is, <laughs> is people are really squinting, and their brain is working, going, I have, wait, what does he mean here? He, he feels that. He's like, no. You don't have to think so much about it. Keep it simple, Keep guys. It Everybody simple. just back off. I've told you what you need to okay. know. First of all, Keep it simple. if it's 2-1 to one and you bunt the guy over to third, this, the game is still 2-1. to one. It's not a guarantee that the run gets driven <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. And also I'd like to add that if you've followed baseball kind of closely over the last 10 to 15 years, you know that Jay Bruce has no business being a bunner. Jay Bruce is just a strikeout or walk <laughs> power hitter. He's not a guy you want bunning. So there's another little just thing to throw in there when you think of A-Rod's analysis. Well, I don't there. know. Just keep it simple, Kevin. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, keep it simple, Seriously. bro. Keep it simple. Keep that drop, Shippy. I think that'll be a good one. All right. Coming up next, Charles keep Robinson was on with Sean and RJ, and it was awesome. <laughs> this is the best detail I've seen into the Zeke contractual situation, uh, a breakdown of how things fell apart with Zeke and the Cowboys next on 105.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.